when I read a line that I've written that I forgot that I wrote that is just so perfect, I get yeah. jealous. I'm like, fuck, I wish yeah. I could write that good. And so well, there are moments in Hope Idiotic where I want to punch you in the fucking nuts because how could you write that down? Uh, how you. could you write that sentence, you fucker? I want to write a sentence that good. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think. Um, so it is totally I, a compliment, except I want to punch you, you in the nuts. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe send and listen to it. <laughs> okay, you and I are, are in very different places in life i'm hoping that that will change once i get to chicago but right now i have what i would say an inordinate amount of free time and you have very little free time so my question my the question of the day is what do you do (laughs) with your free time when you have free time what do you use it for what do you do during that free time because i know you do not write so no um yeah you don't write as a writer you don't write um but i'm i'm a recovering writer right (laughs) i hope to fall off the wagon soon i'm just looking for the right the right bar to what march march yeah it'll be march it'll be march uh, no, it's a great question, and it's it, <laughs> I love this topic. Um, so glad you thought of it 18 seconds ago. Yeah, um, I I think about this a lot because I get so little free time, and and because I'm so hard on myself when I'm not using my free time to write or um, be creative in any other kind of capacity um, or shit work out. You know, yeah, I've been working yeah. out that much lately um, or organize my office, a li- whatever, all the things that I could be doing, which wouldn't be free time, though, or would no, that be considered free time? That would be considered. Free time. I think. Well, I think if I think free time is loosely defined as the time when you can do you have a choice. Any, yeah, it's about choice because you don't really have a choice about what you're doing during the, the day with your job. And in, in your case, you don't have a choice when you're taking care of the kids or taking Harry right. to a school function. That's not a choice. Right. I mean, it is a choice, but it, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I think okay. free time can be loosely defined as you can choose to do nothing or you can choose to do something. Something. And yeah. the question okay. is, what do you do with, because I, with my free time, I basically do nothing. I, I will take, I will take a shit. And I will play um, solitaire on my phone or block glass on my phone until I remember that I'm, I need to wipe my ass and, you know, and get off the toilet because I've been sitting here. And your legs start to get numb. Yeah. My legs start to tingle. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever had that actually happen? Oh yeah. I've fallen down. I remember sitting on the toilet. The thing is the only thing, I, I don't have any social media except for the Instagram and I joined Instagram so I could check out threads, which I find so the same as every fucking thing else that I just, I didn't bother with threads, but you know, I have Instagram. The only time I 
like things or I post on Instagram or watch Instagram reels or any of that shit is when I'm taking a shit. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, God, this is probably, oh, you know, it's probably a month ago. I don't even remember the day, but I, it was a Saturday. I didn't have to go into work. I really didn't have a shower. So I, I went and took a nice long shit and I was sitting on the toilet going through Instagram so long that after I'd wiped my ass, I literally, I got up and fell fell to the fucking floor because one of my one of my legs was completely fucked and i was like wow i really sat on that toilet for a long time i'll do you one better oh right, here it comes this was back when i was living in vegas i was in my house and had been out drinking for, it wasn't like a like i wasn't you know blasted out of my head like sure. last week's episode of the ape cast exactly but like i you know i'd had a had a couple drinks had a good buzz going come home it's late you know 12 31 in the morning whatever standard time for a 20 year old man 20 something young man take a shit and the next thing i know is i wake up i'm folded over on myself wow i, I completely pass out while taking the, a shit toilet while taking a shit so i'm like folded over on myself and i wake up and i'm just like what the f- jesus what the fuck where oh okay and i get my get my bearings i'm like okay all right um well i there's a shit in here i don't see any toilet paper i need to wipe my ass okay great so i wipe my ass this is a great episode so far yeah yeah so far so i'm not i wipe my ass it's like well that's what you do with your free time you shit yeah and so wipe my ass said it three times now and i go to stand up and go to bed because it's at this point it's like four in the morning i'd been asleep on myself on the you were in you were like three hours you were in a very specific yoga pose we call it idiot drunken shit yeah yes So I, I stand up to like, you know, pull my pants, but go to bed and immediately completely like just collapse. I have, it, I, I'm like Lieutenant Dan falling out of the bed in the hospital, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was it's a great like, image. So my legs are dead. I don't even feel the tingling. They're dead. And I'm, you know, in my half, like still maybe kind of drunk, but sound asleep and confused. Um, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm fucking paralyzed. Oh my God. I felt, I, I, I cut off all the blood to my legs. They're dead. They're, 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 and I'm like punching them, Don, beating the shit out of my legs, screaming, wake up, wake up, wake up. And they're not waking up. And I, I army crawl. I Lieutenant Dan my ass through my bat, like, cause my bathroom had like a little, um, like there was a toilet in the shower and then like little hallway kind of thing with the two sinks. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, so like I'm army crawling, Lieutenant Danning it over to my bed. I pull myself up on the bed. <laughs> no use of my legs. Get back and get in bed. I'm punching them again, screaming, wake up, wake up. And they finally start to tingle. And then like it eventually all came back. But it was, I was I literally scared shitless. There you go. There you go. All right. So back to the, now that we've, so, we've exhausted the shit, what else other than take a shit, yeah. what do you do for your free time? And I hope it, I, I, I hope it's not masturbate. Cause I really don't want to hear another story about your numb dick. <laughs> no, I, I won't tell that one again. Okay. Um, 
I, I watch movies and TV. I read crap. You know, I'll flip through the magazines that I get. I'll flip through crap on my phone. I'll watch TV. I'll make a microwave dinner. You know, like, I just, I kind of, like, I'll smoke a little weed. Like, I'll, I'll I just kind of, like, turn my brain off completely. Yeah, you just because totally by the check end of the out. Day, I'm, I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. I'm emotionally wiped. I'm creatively exhausted, spent. I just want to, like, be a a lump. Yeah, well, and again, you have very little free time, so that makes sense. What I've discovered, what I do with my free time, because I have uh, 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 quite a bit of it, and part of that is because there is no play. I mean, I have no wife. I have no children. I have no pets. Great. Um, I, I do spend, uh, you know, a good chunk of time with my folks, you know, and, and my mom's dog, you know, it's like spend time with them and I pick up my dad and I take him from dialysis, all kind of stuff. And, uh, once a week, you know, there'll be a dinner, you know, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I don't really have any friends in Wichita and that's my fault. It's not like, it's not like I'm unlikable. I just have made no effort to yeah like like have a social circle here so pretty much my free time is working out and i can either work out in the and i'm very consistent about that um every day i can either go to the weight the 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 fitness room here in my apartment building or i can walk three blocks to the ymca which is a badass ymca it's just for for of anything in which this is a really good way lots of machines really cool machines like they've got one where it's like they've got like these dowel rods on a ramp and you and you're literally you're, you're climbing the dowel rods with your feet and your arms it yeah, fucking fun. knocks it knocks the shit out of me but it's fun i like it but anyway so i work out i i will watch tv i do a lot of writing um, surprising yeah. amount of writing that never makes uh, a publication either on Literate Ape or my Substack. Uh, just a lot. Of, I've been working, just busting my ass on fiction because I would like to publish a fiction book, but I finding fiction is just more difficult for me. It's just not a muscle I'm used to using very much. So it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, they tend to come out. Most of my fiction tends to come out either as a really disgusting like blackout scene or sketch comedy scene. And it's like, I, you know, it's like, okay, I would like to write longer. Like that's the whole point. Um, I play a lot of, see, you play, you play, what do you play? Solitaire and Solitaire block, block blaster, which would be kind of like a reverse or it's a kind of Tetris. Yeah. I play phone chess and it's a chess where you can play people oh, yeah. all over the world. And I, I, I also play the New York times games. I'm getting, and I, it, and I do, and I do see, I, I go into the Apple news and they have, uh, they have crosswords and I do those. I'm terrible at crosswords, crosswords but I like, I, I'm getting WP, much better. Yeah. I'm getting Wordle. much better at chess. Uh, but yeah, in, in terms of free time, it's one of those things that I always tell myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn Spanish. I never do. I never yeah. do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to try to explore Wichita. I did that when I first got here. I have zero interest. You know, the, the only things it's go sit in a bookstore, the one bookstore that's worth the shit and drink coffee and yeah. do what I would do at home or go walk around in the mall, but not want to spend any money. You know, it's just like, it, there's just nothing to, you know, I've been to the zoo multiple times. I've been to every art museum here at least twice. Um, and there's, you know, it's just, okay. I've, I've done everything I need to do. So in terms of free time, um, I do watch, uh, I don't, I, I, I actually there for a while I was watching a lot of fucking TV. 
Um, I don't watch as much TV because I've made myself on, on nights that I'm like, man, I don't have anything to watch, but I'm going to turn the TV on. I just don't turn the TV on and I pull That's out a book. That's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, yeah. it's, to me, it's like eating. If I'm bored, it looks drinking when I'm bored yeah. or eating yep. when I'm bored or just flipping on the fucking idiot tube when I'm bored. If there's not something specific that I'm interested in watching, then I'm not going to do the, let me just flip around and see what's on Netflix. No, let's look at HBO max. No, let's look at yeah. It's like, unless I have something I want to watch or I, or I want to discover, I was like, I want to try something new. I'm going to check this out. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not turning the television on. Um, I've got to get better at doing that. Cause yeah, I that, do the exact same thing. It's like, uh, yeah. oh man, all, all the shows I've been watching just wrapped this week. Well, yeah. what am I going to watch next? Uh, let's, I don't really want to watch anything new. I kind of want to take a break from watching TV, but I'm going to keep it on. I'm going to fuck around here and exactly. start around. And, and you, yeah, and hope you. And find then an hour later, later, I'm I've watched like three minutes of seventeen different things. Exactly, you know? and I and I just like yeah. So I no, that was one of the things, and it's not that I have a problem with being connected to a screen, but I'm on a screen all the time. Yeah, and so I've I've kind of I've stopped reading my Kindle as much, and now now I'm I'm getting into hardbound books. Um, and part of that is because my mom has a million fucking books. Now, I don't like all of the books that she reads, but once in a while, she'll pull out like like what I'm reading right now. Um, I just started it. It's called, it's by Margaret Mayer. It's called The Witching Tide. And it's a novelization of, it's not the Salem Witch Trials. It's a different, it's like before the Salem Witch Trials. It's about the murder of, murder and rape of witches in colonial America. It's fucked up. It's, I mean, it's so far, I mean, I'm really, is it fiction or yeah. historical fiction well yeah, yeah it's okay. historical fiction it's based on real fact but she's fictionalized it's definitely yeah. a it's definitely fiction but it's well done it's written in a very unique style and i'm enjoying that so yeah it's it, i'm finding that it, reading short stories helps me write short stories yeah that, you know that yeah. kind of angle and, and that's the thing too is i've got all these unfinished books like I, i'm i'm reading like four or five different books for one two Three, four, yeah, four books right now. Four, five. <laughs> and you're five reading them. Books. You're reading them kind of like concurrently, or yeah, like I'll pick one up, and that'll be the one that I'll look through for a couple days, and I lose interest, and then I'm back into the TV, and the, I'll pick I, the other one up. And I like, can't do that. I can't read. I can. I can watch multiple television programs. I can listen to multiple podcasts, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to a book. I got to read it. Once I start the book, I can't read another book till I'm finished with that book. And I don't know why that's the case, but that's just, I that's how I my, do. That's how my brain works. My ADD is at its best, which is the worst when it comes to, to reading. Like I just, I want to read through so much and I'm such a slow reader. So I can't just like burn through it, you know? I, so like I, you know that's I, an interesting thing. You and I talk a little bit about because uh, our our styles of uh, editing are are a little bit different. Um, you are more mm -hmm. methodical, and I I burn through it pretty fast, which leaves yeah. a lack of perfection. You know that kind of stuff. Al yeah. Although although, and it's not you know like to, to out you, but yeah, once you, I would say at least. I would see uh, there's a typo in at least every single post you put up and I always fix it. 
Mm-hmm. You don't fix mine because you don't, you don't do, but that's because you don't have any free time. I'm, I'm like, when I see it up, I read it, you know, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, there's just, there needs to be a space there or whatever, just simple shit. Yeah. But, but, uh, I think my reading is probably because as you're talking about how you're a real slow, I'm a very fast reader, but I also recognize that if, if it gets dull, I start skimming. I mean, I'm, I'm reading and I'm retaining most of the information, but I'm burning past some of the details because I'm just like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I need to burn through it. So I'm actually a pretty fast reader, mm-hmm. but I would argue maybe I miss some of the details in my, uh, in my, my quickness. Yeah. yeah. There's a book. Have I, I think I've been reading this book since Harry was a baby. Wow. So this is Harry's five and a half. So let's just call it, let's just call it four years. Like okay. I got it when he was one. Yeah. When Jacob was born, I moved that book from my bedside table, you know, my uh, nightstand um, into Jacob's room with the purpose of when I'm sitting with him, like feeding him a bottle, I'm going to, to read because I've been halfway through this book for years. Wow. Just, just get it done, David. Just it's just it's a fiction book. It's just it's called noir. It's okay. A, yeah, it's a noir story. You know. Yeah. It's and it's that's like that's like it's fine. The House of but, the Seven Gables. I read the House of Seven Gables, and it took me two months to get through the first fucking chapter. Once I got through the first chapter, everything was uh, it moved a little better. But that first fucking chapter was like it's like reading Great Expectations, where the first entire yeah. chapter is just a description of the fucking marshes, and it's like God. Damn it. How many times can you describe the marshes? Where's the fucking action? Well, I also have to recognize that Dickens specifically got paid by the word. So he was yeah. going to, he was going to draw that shit out as long as he could. God, I hated great expectations. It's not a great book. It's not a great, I mean, it, the people really like that story. Hard to read. I, the only, the, actually, the only version of Great Expectations that I really loved, and I only loved it because I had actually read Great Expectations, was at the end of Metaluna and the Amazing Science of the Mind Review. Joe Jane's data play that we produced in 96 and then again in 2012. It was produced in New York and in LA by separate theater companies. But the, the last probably 15 minutes is a fugue. It's literally a fugue and it's a fugue with four, you know, as, as fugues are, there are four different things going on all at once, but all complementing. And one of them is this entire, uh, it's, he's got a blind woman and her servant is reading great expectations to her while providing her with, uh, I actually ripped this idea off for the prostitute book while he is providing Foley work to convince her that she's actually in Louisiana. (laughs) It's a fucking, I mean, it's a bizarre play, but that, but when I heard, when we did the first initial reading of it and he's, I suddenly recognized like some of the themes that he pulled and he pulled them directly out of great expectations. And I was like, dude, that's fucking really smart. And he goes, Mm -hmm. I, I, and this is my favorite. He says, yeah, I've, I haven't read great expectations. I said, what? He goes, no, I got all the ideas from like a cliff notes. I went, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you fucking suck, but it's still brilliant and wonderful. But yeah, yeah, that was my, you know. Yeah. I, no wonder you can't get through infinite jest. Of course you can't. No. 
Cause that is a slog. I, even for me, and I love it yeah. with, I love it with a passion. It is a very difficult read. And, and my style of reading where I kind of skim through stuff, you, you can't do that with DFW. You just can't do that because none of it makes any, it becomes gobbledygook if you're not paying very close attention to pretty much yeah. every sentence he writes. So it is a hard book for me to read, even though I've probably read it a dozen times because I love that book. That's the problem having with um, uh, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay is I am finding that I find it really good, but it's taking me forever to get through it because it is every, it's, every word has such it's intense. Purpose. Yeah, it's intense. It is very specific. Yeah. And and I when I'm reading, I'm I'm kind of editing along. You know, like, okay, what or I'm not, not editing, that's not the right word. I'm 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 studying it. You know, like, oh, why was why did the phrase read it this way? Why was that M dash there instead you know, of a comma? Why was the comma here or you know You knew like, who I'm else write you knew who else writes and I, you know who else writes like that? Keen. Keen. Where every word has a purpose. Yeah. I mean, he's very, very specific about his language and the choices of language. I think he gets a little, but I, I will use the word florid or perhaps over adjective, adjectivity. He uses too many adjectives. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, but, but it's, it's really, well, you know, rich. What it is. yeah, it's really rich language. And so you can't read a Jarrett Keene story, article, anything he writes. You cannot read it quickly. You have to take, you have to say, I'm going to take my time because he's going to, every sentence has got something he's really trying to get across. It's really kind of remarkable. That's interesting because I, I can read Keene very quickly. That's interesting. Yeah. I, Keene's writing is, uh, it's it it's must be my love language because yeah. and i think what it is you know he writes like you said it's he's a poet yeah yeah there's a lot of yeah but he writes he's a poet writing with an electric guitar playing death metal well th yeah there's there is that there is that wannabe bad boy you know um, and there is i mean he he brings yeah and i love that yeah it's very i'm, I'm trying to think of like who's like the hardest like motherfucker musician like the baddest toughest scariest but they're like trained at juilliard you know and frank like, zappa okay great he's I like mean, the frank zappa of literature yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no and and, and it's, it's 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 very fun um it, you know it, it, the, th the thing i think is interesting is that when i read your stuff like as as, as an example hopi idiotic you have moments where you embrace sort of that that sort of like here's here's an overuse of language but it fits so well and it's so pretty and it's such a great line yeah and then and then you know and then a bit more specific writing and so it pops out mm -hmm. um i i'm getting better at because what i recognized in my writing was that i rambled because i write essays for the most part and i would just get rambly and i would have these Sort of like DFW, these fucking paragraph long sentences. And I went, okay, 
I don't mind. I don't have a problem with my paragraph long sentences as long as they are bookended by like Hemingway esque, like fucking four word sentences. Yeah. If I can do that, then I've created structure and it's readable. But I also, I, I do find it very easy to read you as well. well thank you. Yeah. Um, I find it very easy to read Thompson. Um, yeah. Oh, Thompson is a blast to read. Cradle. Who, why is he escaping me right now? Vonnegut. Thank you. Jesus, David. Yeah. Yeah. I find it very easy to read Vonnegut. Yeah. Vonnegut's um, great. I thought that, um, Stephen King does that for me. I can just, Stephen King is like taking a shower. It's just, it I works so well Stephen for me. King's writing. Yeah. I, do but too. I don't like, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of the genre. So I, oh, I don't see, see that's the thing. Well, I've told you the, sto- I've told you the story about, uh, about my love of Stephen King sort of juxtaposed with the music of Maynard Ferguson. No. <laughs> okay. My favorite trumpet player when I was a kid was sort of the big band, sort of uh, 80s big band uh, music of Maynard Ferguson. I mean, he was my hero, right? Screech trumpet player. But it was it was big band, but he also – he did things like go to fly now. He did the 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 quintessential – uh, jazz version of Gonna Fly Now. So, you know, it's, it's like modern big band, right? When I was a kid, mom, I mean, we took a lot of road trips and I think that's probably why I fucking love road trips so much. Cause I mean, we moved, we moved all over the place. I mean, I like, you know, you know that I was always the new kid and we would, we would go on these marathon road trips all over the fucking country, mostly to find a place to live or for mom to find a husband, however you want to, however you want to position that. But I remember distinctly reading the stand, the shining uh, night shift in the back of my mom's like gremlin with my Walkman night shift. It's a short, that's his very first book of short stories. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, 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 uh, in different seasons, which is that had the body in the Shawshank Redemption. But I remember reading them while I was plugged in and my Walkman listening to Maynard Ferguson cassettes. And so for a long time, um, years later, I would listen to Maynard Ferguson and get a little creeped out. It felt like it was the soundtrack to horror movies, even though nobody else in the million years would think those were a soundtrack to horror movies. But they felt that way to me because I was reading these horror novels that I loved and listening to this music at the same time. And I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition mm-hmm. for me. And to this day, I still love Stephen King and I still love Maynard Ferguson, but I do not read Stephen King and listen to any kind of music while I do it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think that like you talked about my um how sometimes like the language is a little more f- poetic and open- well you have you have mo- it's open- what, I, what, I, what the, the, there was a thing about my third ex-wife's uh poetry that i really loved um was that she would be very lush and florid i will argue to a point where i don't know if it was so much it felt sometimes her poetry felt like i was reading a thesaurus and you know what I mean? But then once like every once in a while, there'd be this really heavy, heavy, heavy passage and she would interrupt it with a dick joke. And I thought that, and, and, and the dick joke just made it all clean. And then I could get back into it. What I notice about your writing, um, it's not as much as it's not as much in last DJ or the camp book, 
but definitely, and maybe it's because those two are nonfiction. Um, and and well, hope idiotic is DJ, fiction. The DJ book, the DJ book is fiction, but well, it's, it's but it's closer. But to it's 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 so autobiographical in its way. Yeah. But yeah. but hope idiotic is most. I mean, it's you've got pieces in there that are from your life, but it's very fictionalized. And what I notice when you're writing fiction, at least in that that specific book, is there will be like here's a page of just here's just some good solid writing. It's you know it's you're making your point, you're telling the story, and then out of nowhere comes this fucking line that just shines. It just kind of like you read it and you kind of get punched in the throat and you have to stop for a second and reread the line just to appreciate how well constructed and how everything in that line is just like, Oh, that's fucking rad. Those are those well, moments where I read. So. Well, when I read those moments, it feels that, like a compliment. Anyway. Well, no, it is absolutely, no, no, it is absolutely a compliment because it's those moments I do, and quite frankly, I do it for myself. Is when I read a line that I've written that I forgot that I wrote that is just so perfect, I get yeah. jealous. I'm like, "Fuck! I wish yeah. I could write that good." And so well, there are moments of hope idiotic where I want to punch you in the fucking nuts because how could you write that? That nah, what? How you. could you write that sentence, you fucker? I want to write a sentence that good. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, so. It is totally I, a compliment. Except I want to punch you, you in the nuts. Uh, thank you for that. I, I worry sometimes that that everything you just said is because I mean, I read my shit and I'll be like, there are times when I see a line. I'm like, Oh, David, good on you. Buddy. Right. Yeah. Well done, man. That's nice. Writer. What do you, you should do this more often, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why we keep at it because we have those nuggets of, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Okay, fine. But I worry that there's an imbalance, an imbalance to, to that writing. Like it's not as polished. It's not as good. I disagree. Why aren't there more lines like that? But no. you make a great point. And, yeah. I, and I think that I do structure things to be like, cause I, I've got, I've got a, there's the journalist in me, there's yeah. the essayist in me and there's yep. the fiction writer in me. So combining those, those three things, I try to take that and like build a, a kind of cadence to it. And so it sounds like, yeah, no, it, it, yeah, no, it's totally it's, happening. And I just working out, but I do worry that it may seem uneven. No, the thing is, well, I mean, you know, and, and that's, that's a subjective thing. Everybody's going to have a different perspective yeah, on yeah. how that, how they read that. It works for me because I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice to have because the story itself, it's, it's being told and I'm following the story and I'm enjoying the characters and I'm enjoying the language and the dialogue. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll have this descriptive line. It's usually not in your dialogue. It's usually in like a description or a thing. And all of a sudden it comes out and you've got this description that is just, it's unique. I've never heard it that said that way. I've never thought of it being said that way. And it changes sort of the, the tapestry of it. One of the things that I'm having a lot of fun is that I was a, and we've talked about this. I was a terrible playwright, yeah. you know, and, and play plays are mostly dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. I love writing dialogue, but I was a terrible playwright because, and Joe would tell you this was that all my plays were sort of like this weak ass, uh, George Bernard Shaw, where I was the main character. And the entire point of the play was for everybody to argue with me and me win the arguments, yeah. not a great, and again, maybe one play like that. Okay. But every play I wrote kind of came out that way. So I stopped writing plays. But what I'm realizing is I really like writing dialogue. And I don't know if I'm 
great at it, but I, I know I'm good at it. And so I'm really trying to incorporate as much dialogue in both my nonfiction and, I mean, most of my fiction is nothing but dialogue with a couple of descriptives. And that's nice. I'm enjoying that. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that going back to the topic that I do in my free time. And I wish you did more in your free time when you have it. So here's the question. What, what can we do to not, because I think there is some benefit. I actually think there is real benefit of taking some of the free time you have and checking out. And just sort of like, fuck yep. it. I'm just, I'm just going to watch some bullshit on TV and I'm going to not try to think too much. And maybe I'm going to smoke some weed or I'm going to have a little whiskey and I'm just going to chill the fuck out. I think that yeah. absolutely has because more people die from stress than almost anything else. Yeah. yeah other, you know, other than war, um, or mass <laughs> yeah. shootings, you know, you know, or poverty. But anyway. We'll say stress. Things are stressful either. So exactly. But stress. And so it's nice to relieve that. But what, what, what motivates you to do something that is not just checking out in your free time? What mode, what, what's the motivator if there is one? Uh, I'm struggling to answer it because I think if I knew what the motivator was, I would be able to tap into it. And, you know, because I know that by writing, by working out, by organizing the, my office and doing the things I have to do would make me feel better, would relieve that stress because not doing those things stresses me out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the motivator is. I think that, um, I think it used to be, you know, you need to do this before it's too late before somebody else does it. Write down these ideas, waste nothing. You know, time is finite. Um, I think I just, I don't know. I just kind of like lost that zest over the years. Yeah. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing that that you, that you bring that up because that was the thing is there was a period and I, you know, I mean, I think we've experienced, we, we fucking recorded through it. There was a period after, after Vegas where I did, I just didn't give a shit if I lived or died. And I had, and, and I felt old and I felt like my life was over. And we talked about this last week, but, what I re- and it's why I'm so excited about coming back to Chicago, not just because it's Chicago and not, you know, my, I, contrary to my mom and my dad who think, oh, they're just, he's just tired of us and he just wants to get out of here, which is not the case. It's right. that, it's that I, I want to, I, I, I need, this is the thing that I recognize for my own creative output for that kind of thing. I need, I require, and I never knew this before this year and a half in Wichita. I just didn't know this. I need to be in rooms filled with creativity. I need to be seeing everything from poetry slams to fucking story slams to fucking plays to musicians. I need to be around it for it to kind of jumpstart my shit. Yes. And I think maybe you're, yeah. you're you're having in terms of motivation, you're not giving yourself that opportunity because you have a full-time job that takes over way more time. It's, I mean, I guess if you're going to pay you six figures, you got to put the fucking time in. But I also recognize that's one of the reasons why I never want a job that pays me six figures because they're going to expect me to put the time in. I'm not interested in that. But 
that's I guess that's why I say March because we're going to do some creative shit and you're going to be in a yeah. room filled with creative people. It it certainly motivates me. It certainly gets me off my ass. So, and I think being able to do a better job of um forcing more free time into my life. Carving forcing sounds too aggressive, just, but like just sort of carving it out. Yeah. Carving it out with I mean being really intentional about carving it out. Yeah. I think we talked about this at the beginning of the year, um, like the whole idea of balance being a thing for me. Like I need to balance my free time with creativity, both creating and absorbing just as much as I need to have nights where I sit on my ass, smoke a little weed, have some whiskey and watch fucking TV, you know, watch Jack Reacher. of the news. In let's definitely keep catastrophizing words. Yay. Outrage as Oklahoma Republicans bill labels Hispanic people terrorists. Okay. Um, spell that one out with... <sighs> What? <laughs> an, Oklahoma, an Oklahoma Republican uh, put out a bill to label all Hispanic people terrorists. Why? What kind of case does he have for that? Well, I would argue it's the same case to say that all white people are racist. It is a catastrophizing use of a word. And I think he's probably doing the same thing. I mean, I don't know who this congressman is. I just saw it in The Guardian. I went, yeah, it's a headline. And all I could think of was but probably he, he knows Hispanic people aren't terrorists. That's, but there's got to be precedent but, for this. But, I mean, like white people, historically white people. No, it's historically groups of white people it, that are historically. Racist. Name one, name name me one terrorist act that involved more than three Hispanic people. Exactly. No, I think this. That's <laughs> see. That's why I think this is this is sort of his uh, Governor Abbott. I'm going to send the immigrants. I'm doing this right now. Hang on. I'm going to I'm going to send the immigrants up to Chicago and New York to make a point. It, it feels like. I mean, I didn't really read the article. I just saw the headline. I went, "What the fuck? That's stupid." And it's so stupid that I think it's got to be like I'm trying to make a fucking point by using a word that we use for the worst type of people in the country. And I'm just going to label everybody from Mexico and Venezuela and Argentina and anybody that's Hispanic. I'm just going to label them terrorists. It's just like a stupid thing. I, I just, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me now with my search history. Oh, this is not. This is not giving me. This is telling me nothing. Um, how many terrorist attacks were caused by Hispanic people? Yeah, yeah, no, no. The, the answer, yeah. the answer is other than Che Chego Corvera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, but yeah, the, no. This, no, I, calm. Just first, fuck you, and calm down. Yeah, I feel like it's my response to a lot of Rorschachs is fuck you, calm down. There you go. All right, well, let's see if you have this. In the cycle of avoiding two states is pathological. 
from Salon.com, from the river to the sea, Netanyahu says he rejected Biden's call for Palestinian, Palestinian state after war. It has been suggested by Biden that after he finishes up with his fucking war against Hamas, that he seriously consider splitting things and sharing things with the Palestinian state. And Netanyahu's like, fuck you, Joe. Yeah. And that's what has been going on since 1948. One or the other. I mean, maybe it's Arafat. Who knows? Yeah. One or the other is like, fuck you. We want it all. It's like, Jesus Christ. What a bunch of fucking babies. Netanyahu comes from the side of things where um, leaders who who would, uh, Israeli leaders would would go for the uh, the two-state solution were assassinated and Netanyahu's of the time where it's like, yeah, that peace is not, peace is not good. We have to win. That's it's total domination. So this is not a surprise. Um, no. This is why this will continue to spin out of control and hurt people and destroy lives and generations for generations to come. And Netanyahu's a gigantic piece of shit and he will go in the dustbin of history um, I'm not saying he's like Hitler, but like of like terrible world leaders that made terrible choices that did terrible things to t- far too many people. He will belong in that that dustbin of history. George W. Bush is there, or H. W. Yeah, down no, W. 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 Was, yeah, yeah. Um, Herbert Rumsfeld, Walker. Like all, all of W's. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Cabal. Um, you know, I would. I, it, it, you know, I, I think the answer. I think. The question has been answered. 2023 has definitively answered Rodney King's question. Can't uh, we all just get along? And the answer is not a fucking chance. No. Sorry, Rodney. He's dead still, right? Yeah. In wig way is she going? <laughs> a black actor was denied a wig. For a major Broadway tour, she's now suing for racial discrimination in the Los Angeles Times. In Broadway, it was a Broadway tour of 1776, if you recall, that musical. And I what don't. it's it basically it's a musical Hamilton? about No, Hamilton was Hamilton. 1776 was long before it, and it's about the the the, the creation of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. What the hell is Hamilton about? It's about Hamilton. What they decided to do with this Broadway production was they decided to do a Hamilton and cast Jefferson and Ben Franklin as black women and Latino men. And it's like, they're going to, they're basically going to steal from Lin-Manuel to do it with 1776, which is a much, it's like a 1960s musical. This particular actress uh, was was told they they told her she they wanted her to use her natural hair. She's black. They wanted her to use her okay. natural hair because the whole point of the play was we want to make sure that we virtue signal the diversity of the characters as much as possible. But she yeah. had a problem with her hair and asked for a wig, and they wouldn't give her one. So she is now suing the company. I don't know what kind of legal grounds she would have uh, because I, I mean, I think you know this. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. Never went to law school. But it's not. I, I don't understand. I don't. I don't know. What, you know. I can't even begin to guess what kind of like legal grounds she would have for this. But I think she's right to be pissed and try and take some action against it. If it. So it sounds to me the way that you explained it that she 
they wanted her to use her natural hair. So I'm assuming that she, you know she probably had a, had treatments under her hair, like you know many black women do, and she didn't want to like let those go because she has a life outside of her job, and she doesn't want to have her natural hair. So she wanted a wig that looked more natural, which I think is a completely reasonable. And I'm assuming a lot of shit here. Oh yeah, but that's what because that's what I would think if they like wanted me to grow a beard or shape shave my beard no grow a beard is the, the right thing if they wanted me to grow a beard for the part but i was like i don't want to you know my wife hates it my kids hate it i have a life outside give me a just glue one on me and makeup every night and they said no we're not doing that you know that that's what it sounds like to me like just give the give her a fucking wig or or hire an actress that doesn't need a wig it's just not that complicated oh jesus give her a fucking wig in the DNC of theater is wearing wigs. Give her the fucking wig. In the DNC in Chicago, what could possibly go wrong? Democratic National Convention prep underway as leaders push for blue wall success in election. I am excited for the DNC this year. I'm excited to be here to live through it. I I, I'm curious to see if there's any shit that goes down. You know, I, I'm, I, I don't expect anything like 1968's DNC in Chicago. Are you kidding me with the with the the Israeli Palestinian shit going on? I think it's probably it may not be the same. It's not going to be Abby Hoffman. It's going to be Abdul Madula, but it's still going to be an issue. Point. Yeah, that's it's going to be an issue. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be ugly. Okay. So I'm thinking of it differently now. But yeah, I'm excited to see what, what goes down. I'm excited to see. I, I'm, just, I'm also excited to see like what the Democratic Party is going to do with itself. I, I don't know if they're going to win this. Thing. Well, the thing is, they are as fractured as the Republicans. But the yeah. difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is that the Republicans, even when they're fucking fractured and beaten up, they all rally to one cause, which is winning. Democrats yeah. don't do that. No, it's too much of a big tent party where you have too many special interests represented. And if they're not all feeling like they're represented, fuck you. I don't care yeah. who wins. And then Trump gets elected. Yeah. In another Baldwin under the gun. Still. Alec Baldwin is indicted in fatal shooting of cinematographer after new gun analysis. He re during the rust thing where he shot the cinematographer, um, he said that he didn't pull the trigger, that all he did was pull the, the, the hammer back and it just released. They've looked at the gun and realized that that's physically impossible, that the only way for that gun to have fired was if he had pulled the trigger. So he's now indicted again. Oh, man, that's rough. I don't doubt that this was a horrible, horrible accident. Oh, there's no question it was an accident. But yeah. that's the thing is that's that's manslaughter. This, this just makes it. Yeah, this just that's makes what manslaughter it. is. And yeah. Uh, well, you know, we'll always have Beetlejuice and 30 Rock. In that's a lot of substacks coming soon. Sports Illustrated to undergo massive layoffs after licensing agreement is revoked. 
journalism was once filled with some of the world's smartest minds. The most clever, the most cunning, the most futurist in some ways. And somewhere around 1999, I think. I would argue 2014, but okay. The thinking stopped happening. And they just, they couldn't figure out how to survive any longer. And everything started to go to shit. And they got desperate. And they got dumber. And they got more desperate. And thinner. And poorer. And dumber. And more desperate. And now here we are. Sports Illustrated. Like a fucking hallmark of American journalism. And it's fucking sports. Like it's recession proof. It's sports and bikinis. Give me a break. Right. God, I just, it's just, it's sad. You know, Sports Illustrated was my first magazine subscription. I jerked off more to the swimsuit editions than I did to Playboy and Penthouse and Hustler, whatever else I got my hands on. Yeah. Oh, Kathy Ireland. She, as far as I'm concerned, Kathy Ireland took my virginity. Every day after school, on the toilet for years and now an extraneous quote of the week to ponder as you consider life most pressing sources this is from Douglas Copeland Canadian author of Generation X and other fantastic books Handmade presents are scary because they reveal that you have too much free time. Well played. It's true. Wow. I think it's have, about... Have you ever done a handmade gift? Oh, yeah. See, the only time I've ever done a handmade gift was when I was in eighth grade. My sister and I forgot Mother's Day. And mom was so angry that she left. I mean, she packed her bags and she fucking left. And she told us she went to Minnesota or to Montana. I think to this day, I believe she actually just went to Winfield, which is like three mile, three hours from our house. But she left. She said, fuck, you don't, you don't respect me enough to give me a decent Mother's Day. So when she came back, I had a, Remember, who, Bill, who was the adult that was there with you then? It was my stepdad. Different stepdad. Different stepdad. Um, but uh, Jesus, yeah, I know. But uh, responsible. Well, a little bit irresponsible, sure. But when she got back, do you remember? Bill, do you remember Billy Beer? No. Okay, Jimmy Carter's brother was Billy Carter, and Billy Carter was a fuck up. And he okay, had yeah. and he had a beer called Billy Beer. Well, I managed to get a can of Billy Beer. It's in eighth grade, and I cut the top of it off, and I I melted an entire box of crayons to make my mother a Billy Beer candle. Now I did not know that Crayola wax is not the same as paraffin wax, and that it wasn't going to make a good candle, but I made it anyway. 
and uh and that's the only How hand did you melt it did you mi- microwave it or like what did no you- I, I i put it in a pan that i ended up having to throw away uh uh-huh. to tell my mom and melted it on the stove and then poured the black because i thought it was going to be like multicolored i thought it was i thought it was going to be like a unicorn rainbow right no it was black as fucking pitch so I poured the black shit into this thing with a with a, a, a like a shoestring for a wick. I didn't know that I did not know the dynamics. That's the only handmade <laughs> gift I've ever made and will ever make. That's so funny. I remember I made my grandmother. I I think it was eighth grade or junior high. The area. I don't. It, it's also it's like a wine a empty wine bottle. And there's like masking tape put around it and painted. <laughs> I think I don't. I don't remember what the the process was, but my memory is telling me that it was more complicated than just masking tape colored in with a marker. Like I, it had to have been more than that. You would like to hope it is. Yeah, you'd like to hope. Yeah, it I was, don't know. But maybe it wasn't. Yeah. But I brought it home from school and was just like, "What am I going to do with? I, oh, uh, Nani would like this." And I gave it to Nani, and there you go for fun. Just for and shit. that was your last homemade uh, homemade gift. Um, I mean, I've done like homemade cards. You know, I'll still do that. Like I don't I'll make I, those. I would make those for Katie all the time. The, the thing is, I don't send cards. I mean, I think I yeah, I did. I did some homemade. No, no, I never did homemade cards. I did funny cards for Dana, but I never made anything from her for her because anything that I would make for her, she would be sort of disgusted with. Yeah. Because it wasn't something. If I bought it, she was disgusted because I spent money on it. And if I made it, she was disgusted because it was lame. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week is a read. It's in the Atlantic. Of course. It is called The Age of Incoherent Partisanship. Yes. Good, it is good by article. Tom Nichols. One American political party has collapsed. The other is holding together a fragile pro-democracy coalition. It's a good read. It's a, it's a good read. It is a very good read. On a completely different note, my first thing is, I, you know, it had, it's, it's just dropped its third season. Its third season got an Emmy. For some reason, I just never was interested. You know, part of it is because I spent so much of my time in Chicago doing sketch comedy. So if you're doing sketch comedy, man, it's got to be fucking different for me to laugh. Mm-hmm. I finally decided in the, one of those nights of free time where I was like, I'm just going to, I saw it. I went, oh, he just got an Emmy. I'm going to go ahead and watch an episode. They're all like 16 minutes. I think you should leave. With Tim Robinson on Netflix is the funniest fucking shit I have ever seen. I have not laughed so fucking hard. It's so retarded. It's so stupid. It's sort of like kind of Pee Wee Herman and kind of like not. It's like a little kids in the hall, but not. It's so unique. He is such a fucking moron. It is the. It is the greatest motherfucking shit. I could, I, I've never left. I can't stand it. Not only have I enjoyed watching all three seasons at this point, but I'm rewatching certain episodes to catch certain sketches. Cause I just like, 
Fuck, that's so fucking stupid. Oh my God, that's funny. If you have not seen it and you like a good laugh, I showed it to my mom. It was the first episode of season three where you have, where you have, uh, it's, I, I still think it's maybe the funniest sketch comedy bit I've ever seen. It's sort of like a, a bachelorette thing. And she's letting, she's like saying, oh, to, you know, these two bachelors, she's going to let one of the bachelors go. And she comes to Tim and she's, I can't remember what his name was, but she says, Carl, it seems like you're only here for the zip line. And then they show a montage of him just doing the zip line into the pool. And and it's this whole thing is that the only reason he went on this show was because he could do the zip line into the pool. It's the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen. I highly recommend on Netflix. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Yeah, it is a great show. So fucking funny, man. I hate it. I love it. My next thing is also a watch, and it is on Netflix. Uh, this was, it, it's called Louder Milk. Mm. I love this. Do you know about this? He's me. So I mean, without being an alcoholic or having a wife die, he's me. Just an angry, bitter, bitchy asshole. Yeah. Oh, God, I love him. I love him so much. So... This I, I came across this because of one of those nights where I'm just like, well, I don't have anything to watch. Why not read a book? Nah, fuck reading a book. That takes energy and effort. Let's fuck around on Netflix. And this thing popped up and I was like, oh, what's this? I, I fucking love Ron Livingston. Love Will I do Fatto. too. Yeah. It's a Peter Fairley. Peter Fairley. Fairley. Yeah. <laughs> Fairley. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll give this a go. And it's a weird. It, it, there's three seasons. I just finished season one. Yeah. Um. You'll there's, enjoy the next two seasons. You'll enjoy the next two seasons. There are some really, like, legit, like, laugh out loud. Just, like, st- again, there are moments. It's a very serious story. Yeah. But there are just some moments where it's like, that's fucking hysterical. Some of his commentary about the world, like, when he encounters yeah. people in the world, he's such a dick. But he's such a funny dick. It's just really it, funny. Late to him in such a way, yeah, such a fucking music snob, yes. And I've been thinking a lot lately, like, I should have been either a musician or a musician journal, a, a music journalist, like, really done it because that's really the language that I speak and how I understand things. Yeah, I yeah. Is. like that is my pop culture place. You should be on sound opinions, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I love that that's his character when he in the first season when he's giving oh. that girl shit about. Whatever, yeah, it's just—it's very funny. Yes, I highly—I'm I'm enjoying that, and uh, I guess you know, good, good thing I sat in there and did fuck all. The, the, the thing is, it's, it's the same thing I can say about. Uh, I think you should leave. My second thing is also a watch, um, but I watched the first season and I loved it. I started the second season and didn't the one with Vitzvan, and I did not like it, and so I stopped watching it. This is the one. This is the, it's a, it's, I don't know if it's an offshoot or they just decided to rebrand it. I'm not sure what it is. It's really basically the same thing, except with women. But Jodie Foster, it's some of the best shit I've seen Jodie Foster. And it is on Max. It is True Detective Night Country. And it, you know, like True Detective, the first season with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, it's about these two detectives doing this crime, but they're so fucked up themselves. 
this is the same, but with two women. And it is really good. It is super strong. The, the, all I can say is the acting is, of course, with Jodie Foster, excellent, but the writing is so fucking tight. It is a really good show. So I started watching it the first season way back. 2014 oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 which surprised me i didn't realize that that's been it's been around for 10 years so, five that first season yeah. is so fucking good so i started watching it back then and couldn't get into it mm. it just i just couldn't get into it and was like yeah I'll, I'll come back and i just never came back to it never came back to it but i really i really want to come back to it now oh you should it's so was, good my brother and eric was like yeah, dude, it's it, give the first few episodes time. Like, just be patient. So I started the very beginning again. Yeah, yeah. And I think I just wasn't in the mood. It was the... That's how I felt about Sense8. Uh, Sense8, I watched the first episode and said, fuck you. And then after all three seasons came out, I watched all three seasons and said, what the fuck was I thinking? This is genius. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I should... But I don't, you know, again, like, I have such little free time. Why should I force myself to watch something I'm not feeling? And, that, and I think that's totally You fair. know? Check out true true detective night country true because it's so and if you're like way into that and you watch maybe the whole I season maybe up, yeah pick it up in a different season completely maybe yeah. I start with with the new one yeah and then come back to it if you, you know? want to but yeah, yeah. no i but I, I i love i love we'll it see. i love it um uh, your third thing yeah i had a third thing and i just completely forgot what it was well, that's not good. Uh, Obviously, not a very good. Oh, okay. No, I got it. My third thing is another watch. Um, I feel like <laughs> very, very contrary to what I just said about why should I waste time watching something I don't want to watch with such little free time that I have. I feel like enough people are not watching Fargo. I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment because it's so good. It's so fucking good. And it's just like uh, True Detective. You could pick up any season. And, it's and just, just watch it because they're all self-contained. Yeah. This last one just wrapped uh, last week. Um, John Hamm is just He's amazing. A, I love John Hamm. Yeah. I, I do too. I mean, if, Juno Temple is incredible. Everybody mm-hmm. um, in this in this uh, this season is incredible. I think this and maybe the first season yeah my two favorites yeah I, I i i'd agree with that last season with chris rock was good I really it was liked good it, but, but it was uneven it was uneven and i felt like and i love chris rock i, I did like too wasn't the right guy well, for the the, the, the the problem the problem was chris rock is not an actor he's chris rock yeah my problem with that season is I didn't believe it was any, it was just Chris Rock. He was good. He did yeah. a nice job. He, but, but, right. but, you know, it's just, he's Chris Rock. You can't, you can't separate the Chris Rock from him. Get past it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. And my third thing is a listen, believe it or not. As you know, I have been, uh, for some reason, and I don't know how to explain it, but I've just been, since I discovered Dead Sarah, I have been way the fuck into like, heavy like hard rock chicks like chick frontmen just shit i'm loving it and i just discovered this group and the album is called cult classic the band is called daisy grenade mm-hmm. daisy grenade is great god damn it's a great band 
It, I mean, fuck you. Uh, uh, Cult Classic came out in 2023, and I found it, and I was like, it was just one of the, this is what I love about Apple Music, is that you can set a stage. Like, I went to Dead Sarah, because I've discovered I love Dead Sarah, and I went, set a station for Dead Sarah and music like Dead Sarah. Mm-hmm. I discovered the the Pretty Reckless. I discovered, uh, oh, shit. Uh, there's just a bunch of them that I discovered in terms of bands, but I had, uh, what was it called? Riot that came up from cult classic by Daisy grenade. And I went, fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> so, um, I, I, if, if, if you're at all wanting to get into some, some hot chick, hard rock, um, Go on to Apple Music or Spotify and look up Cult Classic by Daisy Grenade because they fucking rock. Yeah. Too much fun. And that's the show. That's it, babies. Rock and roll. Well, I hope you find something to do with your free time other than take a shit. Me too. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on literateape.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you go to get that delicious podcast experience. If you enjoy the dulcet sounds of two white guys babbling about whatever comes into their stunted brains, leave us a review anywhere that, you know, re- reviews are left. And share it with someone whom which you have a dubious relationship. For information about Literate Ape, Go to literateape.com, of course, and check out the rest of our podcasts and our years of scribbling. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. Fuck.